So how much of this movie, Twilight Eclipse, was just a repeat of the last movie? Oh, gosh. 75%? Feels like a low estimate. Well, <laughs> yeah, and then the other 25% is going to be repeated in the next movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We have just something new for the next movie to yeah. show so, over. So, so glad I watched it. Me too. Yay. Edward. She found us. protect you no matter what you don't know what you're getting yourself into i'm gonna fight for you until your heart stops beating hi i'm rose i'm hannah and this is more is more a bad movie podcast where today we're talking about twilight eclipse the third twilight starring all the same people except now victoria is played by bryce dallas howard for once, we don't immediately open with a voiceover. Don't worry, we get there at 2 minutes 30. But uh, we have a different kind of cold open. I know, and this scene was more engaging than the, all of the last two movies. I know, and do you know why? This director, David Slade, he directed such movies as 30 Days of Night. Yeah. And he's done actual like horror movies. So we open on Seattle. A teenager gets off a city bus with a bag in the pouring rain, and he's stalked by an unknown vampire, and he's bitten, and he starts to turn. So now we go to our voiceover. Bella reads Fire and Ice by Robert Frost. Because uh, she's studying for an English final. Yeah, I know. What, and is she going to have to recite the poem? Yeah. You never have to read the poems before you take the final. The poems are provided for you most of the time. I know. Is this... Is this like a, a Robert Frost final, or yeah. are you actually writing an essay? Oh my gosh. It's poetry in a meadow. You're back in the meadow. Mm-hmm. She's wearing a shirt that matches the flowers. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yep, they're both purple. <laughs> um, Looks she, nice, so I noticed. That That's fair. Yeah. She and Edward are talking, and she says she won't marry him because she wants to be changed first, even though this is literally the last thing we talked about in the last movie. Yes. And it's the emptiest threat in the entire world. She's in no bargaining position because she keeps getting older and she keeps freaking out about it. And she already wants to marry Edward and be with him forever. Plus, at a certain point, she's like, the divorce rates for people are like two out of three marriages. She claims two out of three (laughs) marriages end in divorce? Right. That's pretty high. But also, I'm like, how are you saying this? Like being turned into a vampire is less of a commitment than being married. Yeah, I know. At that point, just do it. It doesn't matter. Like, this bodes well for your relationship. You say it doesn't matter, and because of that, you refuse to do something that doesn't matter that's so important to your partner? Cool. Yeah, and what we find out, actually, is she kind of says why she really doesn't want to marry him, and it's because she doesn't want people to think that they're getting married because she's pregnant, which... I get, like, that would be that thing of, like, man, you're getting married right out of high school. Like, what happened? But at the same time, this is someone who already claims she doesn't care what anyone thinks. She's going to leave behind her entire family and friends. Yeah, I know. So you're that weird girl who got married right out of high school. They're already not going to see you again, basically, after this. Yeah. 
They keep talking about Alaska. She's going to go to the University of Alaska. Going to go to University of Alaska. So this is kind of another reference to the Denali National Park, where I in the books, we know that there's a tribe of vampires living up there. Plus, her mom's like, if you go to the University of Alaska, I'm never going to see you. And I'm like, what? You can't go to Alaska to visit your daughter? She already doesn't go to Forks to visit her daughter. <laughs> I mean, she's like, you need to go to a Florida university. And I'm like, oh, you are the laziest mother of all time. Yeah, she really Get is. on a plane. <laughs> no dice. So Bella gets home later at exactly four o'clock because she's grounded. And Charlie's reading a headline about more victims being found in alleys in Seattle. Yeah, he mostly finds out about his police news through the newspaper. Yeah. Gets the crime gazette. <laughs> Even though he's the sheriff? Like, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so Charlie says that he grounded her because he wanted her to get some separation from Edward, but that's not working, so he will unground her if she sees other friends too, specifically Jacob, whose dad is worried about him. This movie is the first time that Charlie's a super good father. Yeah, I know. And because he's talking to Bella about like, hey, your relationship with Edward is unhealthy, and I want you to not see him or not see him as much. Yeah, and later on he, you know, tries to have a safe sex talk with her, which... Uh, is is actually really important. So and she freaks out. Bella says Jacob. Sorry, not to Charlie. She's alone. She tells us that Jacob hasn't talked to her in weeks, and she wants to fix things, but he won't let her. How are you gonna fix things? You're gonna unbe with Edward? I know. And I'm like, it felt like she was just doing this because it was her dad. Like her dad was like, you should spend some time with Jacob. He's going through a really hard time. And when you were going through a hard time, he was there for you. And I was like, oh yeah, see, the problem is that argument only works for him because he doesn't know the reason Jacob's going through a hard time is because of Bella. Yeah, exactly. Because she's with this vampire who's turning him into a weird werewolf. And he would, even if he was turning into a werewolf, he wouldn't care if Bella was with him. Like, he would be having a great time. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm just like, oh. And then they show Bella trying to call him. And I'm like, don't call him. Clean Yeah, I know. Seriously. Don't call him. Let him get over you. Yeah. Sometimes people have to go through a hard time. It's just how it and, is. Yeah, if you're causing the hard time, you can't also fix it. Just I let know. it go. He has an entire tribe and a pack now. Yeah, she pulls a letter out from a drawer that looks like a third grader tried to make old paper by <laughs> crumpling it up a whole bunch for a project. Yeah. And then we never see the letter again. I, I wasn't sure what that was. The letter was basically like, you know... Stop trying to call me like you're only making things worse. The oh, okay. funnier part was that above that message, and it was signed Jacob, you know, right. but above that message were a whole bunch of other messages that he'd crossed out with a line through, so they Dude. were still clearly readable. Who does that? Get a new sheet of paper. There were like four of these messages that oh he crossed gosh. out meticulously and were still completely legible. Um, she gets in her truck to go to the res to see him, but it's been disabled by Edward, who hops into the passenger seat, so she can't go because that's not a snapshot of abuse. No. I mean, I, seriously? This is problematic. I don't this like is this. is terrible. He's deliberately isolating her. Well, yeah, because he's worried about her safety with werewolves. Because well, werewolves are to be to trusted, be I guess. It. But I'm like, you don't get to break her car to prevent her from going somewhere. Like, yeah, she if she's your chosen partner in life, you also have to respect her decisions. I know. Uh, I was being... going to say if she's an adult, but she's not an adult. She has the mind of a 16-year-old through the rest of her life. I but know. 
you know, if you choose this person to be your partner through life. Yeah. Well, she, I mean, she's legally an adult now. Well, she is, but she's um, not. She shouldn't be trusted to make her own decisions. As should, but. as should no 18 year old be. <laughs> but, uh. But yeah, legally she's an adult and, and realistically, like, I still don't get this whole, like, I know it's supposed to be like a blood feud between these vampires and werewolves. Pretty dumb though. But like, these vampires know those werewolves will never hurt her. Like. They should know that. And right. Those, and that the werewolves are basically on their side because they're also killing vampires. Right. And the werewolves should know that these vampires aren't terrible vampires. So it's yeah. weird that they're constantly, I don't I know. know. It's strange. Basically, you know, being, being worried about a choice that someone's making is not a good reason to make it for them. So at school, the vampires are sitting with the regular kids now. This was such a hilarious scene, especially before the rest of Edward's family showed up. So it was Bella, Edward, and like all of Bella's friends. And I was like, yeah, it was this weird. must be like hell for Edward. He's just sitting there. Like, I know. I'm with this girl. Just yeah. Sitting there. Although Bella doesn't like love those people either. So it was kind of weird that they were sitting with them at all. Well, it was probably healthy for Bella to sit with them. It is true. And um, probably healthy for the Collins to sit with them. Yeah, like, I know. Don't go to high school if you're not going to spend time with anyone there. Seriously. Jessica is somehow valedictorian. Alice says she wants to throw a big party at their house and then gets rudely shot down in front of everyone by <laughs> Bella and Edward in reference to something that nobody else knows about. <laughs> Which nobody also asks questions either. So like, yeah, really after last time? And I would immediately be like, what happened last time? No one asked that question. I guess they're all a lot less nosy than I am. No, I think they're just intimidated by the Cullens. I would have immediately, I would have asked Bella. I wouldn't have asked the Collins. I would have been like, what happened last time? I know, me too. Also, just And then you would have had to come up with a lie that wasn't, I almost got eaten by vampires because of a paper cut. Yeah, just don't have Jasper there. Easy. Yeah, <laughs> true. So Alice, immediately after that, has a vision. And then they have to try to cover up for how weird she's being all of a sudden. Which, I don't think they do have to cover up for her. It wasn't her. that. She just went quiet and kind of got an intense expression on her face. I know. Edward and Bella when they're about to go into Charlie's office later, overhear him talking to some parents about the year-old disappearance of their son in Seattle. I don't know why. Are they just checking in? To, like, don't you think that he would have called you if something happened? At this point in the, in the game, don't you think that you would just call him to see if there was any news? I just had a free hour. I guess so. Edward tells Bella that they've been monitoring the situation in Seattle, which is so obviously vampires turning a bunch of people and killing a bunch of people that the Volturi will show up and deal with it soon if it doesn't stop. Yeah, so they don't do anything. Way to go, yeah. guys! The Volturi will deal with it eventually after enough humans die. It's fine. I know! Get your act together, Collins. It's not like you have much else to do with your life, except for the one person with a job. The rest of you are free and clear. <laughs> exactly. Well, Bella worries that they'll see that she's not human if she shows up, if, if the Volturi show up. Another reason to take care of the problem yourself. And Edward says that the Collins will deal with it if they need to, which makes me wonder, why didn't you deal with it a long time ago? Because it clearly isn't going to just stop on its own. Well, also, why wouldn't one dead human, like, you guys are supposed to be lovers of all humans. Like, why isn't one dead human enough to make you be like, hold on. There's another vampire in our territory. Yeah. Even if it's only for territory boundaries, we need to take care of this problem. Seriously. Come on, guys. He, Edward, then manipulates Bella, partly by using her father, into going to see her mother that weekend in Florida. 
Her father's super in favor of this because it will separate her from Edward for a little while. False. Edward weirdly goes with her. Because she blackmails him into going with him by saying, why don't you use the companion ticket? I can just see... This is the movie that I really, really love Bella's dad in because, like, the expression on his face when she's like, only if Edward comes with me using the companion ticket, the expression on his face is, like, (laughs) barely restrained fury. He's like, oh my gosh, nothing's gonna work. Nothing's gonna ever keep them apart. Yeah. Everything he says and thinks during this movie is what I have been saying and thinking for the last two movies. That's why I have always been Team Mustache Dad. Yeah. He's the only good one sometimes. Mm -hmm. So her mom's complaining that she'll never see her if she goes to school in Alaska and basically says that Bella and Edward are weird together. And that Without ever condemning the relationship. Not, yeah, she's trying to be tactful, which is good because really you can't say something like that to someone. They won't hear it. They'll just get mad at you, which is basically what happens here. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's like, uh, yeah, you like are like magnets. Like, he moves, you move. And it's like, yeah, no, did you? That's exactly right. Right. And he looks like he'd step in front of a bullet for you. It's intense. He's like, it's and like But the problem is the stuff she was saying is stuff that somebody super duper in love would listen to and be like, yeah. Like, yeah, we're that's great. really, it's really good. Yeah. So sweet. We're so in love. Yeah. So that we're like magnets. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're so in love at 18. It's going to last forever. Yeah. I better. Uh, for graduation, her mom goes with a classic gift and gives her a t-shirt quilt. Because she's going to give her a gift and she's like, mom, I told you not to spend all your money. And I'm like, what do you think is in that box well, that is all <laughs> of her money? Well, for one thing, I'm like. How poor and or financially irresponsible is your mother? And can't be that poor. They're living in a house on the beach. And what was your childhood like? Do yeah, you I feel know. like you need to say that to your mom. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Once again, Bella with an unhealthy relationship with her mother shown again. Yeah. Inadvertently. So to the- show what an old soul Bella is, because she doesn't spend a lot, I guess. I guess. <laughs> She's so thrifty. <laughs> that's what adults are. That's what makes you an adult, right? Not, yeah, that's why um, A Christmas Carol is an ode to adulthood. Yeah, responsibility. Yeah. Well, yeah, also it doesn't, thriftiness isn't a quality somebody marrying into the Cullen family needs. No, it is not. They're billionaires. I know. She could easily be sending money to her mom forever. So back in Forks during this time that Bella's away... The Cullens wait in the forest for Victoria. This was the vision that Alice had, that she was going to be coming to Forks, and so that's why they wanted Bella out of town. So there's a big chase through the forest. The Cullens chase her into werewolf territory, the wolves chase her back, and just over and over. She's too fast, but she does get Emmett to try to follow her into wolf territory, and there's an incident so minor it can't even be called a skirmish. But it allows the, her to get away from the wolves. Come on, werewolves. Right. Eye on the prize. Yeah. Also, I was super surprised to see Victoria in this movie. I <laughs> thought I thought she'd been killed in a previous movie. Well, it's really lame, and it's just insane that, that nobody could think of a different villain. Yeah, it's just like, haven't we dealt with this already? Like, isn't this... Wasn't this dealt with in the last movie? Nope. It was not. Nope. We needed three books for this character because she's so fascinating. Yeah. 
she's really been developed so much, you know. Yeah, well, also, we really need time, uh, like, we really need an old hat villain so we can just talk about everybody's relationship more. True, we haven't really been able to dive deep into the love triangle aspect. There's a lot of things that need to be reset. So, the incident is still enough for Jacob to show up at the school parking lot looking hunky in the rain if you like baby-faced teenage boys with wet hair. <laughs> and... Uh, and half of America did. Yeah, no, they did. <laughs> so, he's... Like, stay off our land, don't do this again, and... Acting like there were no extenuating circumstances, and that they yeah. weren't the ones that let Victoria get away. Yeah, I know. So Bella asks questions, and now she knows that Victoria is back and after her. Edward was like, oh, it's no, nothing, it's nothing, we don't need to talk about it, uh, nothing happened. But Jacob tells her the truth. Um, she tries to talk to Jacob afterwards, and he's like, I don't have anything to say to you. And she's like, well, I have a lot to say to you. She convinces Edward that, no, she's going to go talk to Jacob, and he can't stop her. So this means skipping school and getting on the back of his motorcycle to go talk at the res. For some reason. Also, for some reason, the pack loves Bella. They're so happy to see her anytime. I know. They're super cool with the whole thing. Like, even the pack leader, who Sam. you'd think would be the one that would be like, oh, what are you doing here? Also... They can all hear each other's thoughts. It's made abundantly clear that they've been having to listen to Jacob think about Bella incessantly. I would be super angry if Bella showed up. I would too. So that I could hear Jacob think some more about her. Oh my gosh. Which is why Leah Clearwater gets mad at her. This is a new character and we see that she is also a werewolf. And she's like, oh good, are you here to torture Jacob some more? You can just leave. Which none of his other friends care at all about that. I would be angry to see her. Yeah, me too. I'd be like, you chose a side. Like, it's fine that you chose vampires, but like, you need to go away and not come back. I know. She wants to have it all. So we also now get treated to the concept of werewolves imprinting on someone, which is the werewolf version of the instant obsession that Edward has. Yep. It's just talked about like it's living the dream yeah like your entire being becomes centered on this one person making them happy like you'll do whatever they tell you this is the most unhealthy way to have a relationship and also i'm like okay so like you imprint on somebody and she's super evil or selfish and she tells you to like rob banks and kill people like you do that because (laughs) it's just like whatever it takes to make them happy never explored Never explored. Like, that's awful. Like, basically, you have your free will taken away by this one experience. I don't care for it. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, it's super romantic sounding, except then you think of it, and you're like, what if it happened to you, and it did, you imprinted on, like, some alcoholic scuzz bag? Like, what What then? <laughs> well, also, what happened to Sam, the pack leader, yeah. is that he was with Leah, and then he imprinted on Emily, who he's with now. Mm-hmm. So cool right so you didn't love this person before you became a werewolf or like did you secretly love them and not realize it or what's unclear what's the deal here like being a werewolf changed everything about who you love and it's just the concept like a weird very weird concept an unhealthy concept of soulmates that gets used later in the movie to justify an insane amount of the plot yeah and i think it is like <clears throat> not it, not just, in this movie, right, but in just, Breaking Dawn, it oh gets my used. Gosh, I, know. I do know that in a way that is just ridiculous. But yeah, it's just a super unhealthy relationship to glamorize. 
First time we're seeing that in Twilight. I know. Unhealthy relationship. I know. Plus, you think, honestly, that somebody who knows about imprinting because he's seen it through the eyes of his packmate would be less judgy about Bella and Edward's relationship. Yeah, and maybe also would pursue Bella a little less because he hasn't imprinted on anyone, which he tells us. Yes. So if you haven't imprinted on Bella, then why are you being like this? Also, Jacob, you're Leah Clearwater in this situation. Yeah. It's not that she doesn't love you. It's just that she's not obsessed crazy about you. Exactly. So Bella tells Jacob that she's going to be changed after graduation and he gets really mad because he thought that he had more time to change her mind. He says vampires aren't even alive and he would rather that she really be dead than one of them. And she's like, I can't believe you just said that. (laughs) Once again, this is why you guys should not be spending time together. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So back in Bella's house at night, a mysterious vampire with red eyes, evil, is in Bella's house, going over all her things, standing over Charlie. He's not there when Edward and Bella come home, but Edward comes into the house and can tell that another vampire has been there. If you have a super good memory for faces, you might remember that this is the guy that was being chased down in the first scene of the movie. Yes, this is, this is Riley. The Cullens discuss the possibilities. Alice says she would have seen Victoria decide to send someone, so it can't be her. Like, Carlisle's like, oh, we need to mount another protection detail. And Rosalie is like, uh, another protection detail. And I'm like, oh, I know. She's like, the you worst. have anything better to do. Yeah, she doesn't. Well, she has to sit around scowling for a certain <laughs> number of hours per day. Like, Carlisle has a job that's helping society. You are a high school student and nothing else. Yeah. Get your act together, Rosalie. You exactly. have nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but basically, they can't protect Charlie and Bella and Hunt when they need to. How long does hunting take for them? In this movie, it's portrayed as taking an inordinate amount of their time. <laughs> it's we've like never heard twelve about hours it. a day. They have to hunt. Yeah, we've never heard about it before being a thing, but in this movie, it's mentioned a lot. Right, it's the super time-consuming activity. I'm like, how are there deer left in your woods? That's what I was wondering. They went hunting so much. And I was like, this is surely not sustainable. Although Forks is right next to a national park. Still. Bella basically volunteers the wolves to protect her also and Charlie. And she goes. Based on good wishes, I guess. Yeah. She's like, well, I have. And my mind just filled in someone with both cut off sleeves and cut off jeans. (laughs) Because the next time we see him, he's always wearing, like, cut-off sleeveless shirts and then cut-off jeans at the knee. I know. They're, like, going for Hulk fashion trends. Like, because they changed to werewolves, I guess they can't have normal clothes anymore? Nope. They sure can't. Well, they sure can't have nice clothes because they're constantly, like... We, we watched Leah Clearwater just shred a pair of shorts. When it was there was no emergency, she could have taken them off. Yeah. No, she just wanted to do that as a statement. So now, at 28 minutes in, we get narration by Bella. This is such a weird choice. The wolves and the vampires take shifts, guarding the house. Edward and Jacob are both super mature about this. Edward makes out with Bella in front of Jacob, and Jacob refuses to wear a shirt. That was the greatest line in the whole movie. Does he own shirts? <laughs> yeah, when they walk up and he's shirtless by yeah. the truck. Good question, but here's a here's another better question, Edward. If you looked like that without a shirt, <laughs> would you wear one? I wouldn't. No, I would not either. So I have a really hard time believing that the wolf pack would care enough about Bella to work with the vampires. I think they care about Charlie, honestly. 
See, that would make sense if it was like the vampires were on Bella and like the wolves were on Charlie. Because we only ever see the wolves. The only one that we see with Bella specifically is Jacob. They also probably feel like they have to care about Bella because of Jacob. I would just be like, no, we're busy. We have stuff to do. But I think the other thing is Charlie's really good friends with Jacob's dad. And Which like, makes sense. I just feel like we was missed. Was good friends with Harry Clearwater. Yeah, I feel like we missed a discussion scene where the wolves are like, no, we're not doing that. We're not working with you. This oh, constantly... well, but Charlie also. Oh, well, only because we like Charlie. Like, I know. And because we don't want to listen to you whine for 10 years after Bella dies. Yeah, that constantly is happening with the wolf pack where they just get volunteered for stuff. <laughs> Either by Bella or by Jacob. Yeah. And nobody talks to Sam. It's like, isn't Sam the alpha and doesn't that mean something? It does not. Jacob takes Bella to what he calls a party and it turns out to be a council meeting. <laughs> Fun. Really upset. Fun. <laughs> because they want her to hear the stories of the tribe. She is the first outsider to hear these stories. Really? You're going to trust someone that hangs out with vampires? I mean, I guess they're like, what's she going to do? Tell someone? Like, she, she'll never tell anybody about us, and she'll sound crazy if she does. I guess. But if it's that secret, you just tell them we're outsiders. Yeah, I know. So, Jacob's dad starts telling the story, and they've always been a small tribe with magic in the blood. They were shapeshifters and could shift into wolves. They came across a vampire a long time ago. Although it couldn't have been that long ago. Maybe 300 years? Maybe 400. Well, yeah, I mean, he was European, and because he would have he had was... to make it out to Washington. Right, although as a vampire, that would be pretty easy. True, but the question is why a vampire would want to make it out to Washington when they need to survive on humans. Like, yeah, you know, I feel like it's implied that Europeans have at least started traveling toward Washington. So they came across a vampire a long time ago and killed it. Noticed that they were in full sun and did not feel like doing the sparkly skin thing. (laughs) His mate came and was very mad and killed a lot of people in the village, leaving just one werewolf to fight her, the old chief. The chief's third wife saw that he was losing and stabbed herself in the stomach. Did it have to be a fatal wound? No, we see later that it does not. No. Stab yourself in the arm, lady. Yeah. To distract the vampire so that he could get the upper hand again. Although surely there was blood everywhere by this point. Yeah, She killed there was so a massive battle. She would have been full by this point. Yeah. Also, I like that she was magically able to stab herself in the stomach without tearing a hole in her shirt. Yeah, I know. It really wasn't. Yeah, this is probably not a lesson that courage is the only superpower Bella needs to do something heroic later in the movie. Yeah. So... Okay, I have a few questions. How? I know. The first is, if werewolves don't age, as long as they're turning into werewolves, how is the chief super old? Yeah, maybe he stopped and then he he had to do this one thing again. I don't I don't know. Question number two. We are told that the only reason the tribe turns into werewolves is because there's vampires nearby. Yet... This tribe had already been turning into werewolves to fight the neighboring tribes before any vampires had ever been seen. Maybe it's neighboring tribes and vampires, but there aren't any neighboring tribes anymore, so that part doesn't matter. What about white people? Oh, yeah. They'd be an enemy. That's a big old threat. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. We'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to write to Stephanie Meyer and ask her about that one. <laughs> uh, so back in Seattle, a warehouse full of homeless teen vampires... <laughs> 
kill people and sometimes each other when they get can, upset. Can we talk about how these vampires <laughs> die? Because it's like oh, they're yeah. made of porcelain. Yeah. And if you hit them hard enough, parts of them just shatter like stone. Yeah, that is what we see from now on. <laughs> yeah, that was never this way previously. And yeah. they can't possibly be this way because he's, you know, Bella's not like, why are you so hard, Edward? I know. Why are you basically made of stone? And they're constantly punching each other and rolling around. For, well, for one thing, they're moving their joints. <laughs> and they're constantly punching each other and rolling around without any sort of fractures happening in them. Yeah, I know. Later on, Riley loses a hand and it's just shattered off like a doll. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's a weird choice. Also, it doesn't make sense <laughs> that they are both like stone and super duper flammable. Yeah, I know, right? There's a lot of, I have a lot of problems with this. Fair enough. I don't like it. This guy didn't have a lot to work with, It Rose. doesn't make sense. So we also meet a sympathetic just-turned-vampire that can't be more than 10. <laughs> yeah, she's super young. Yeah, her name is Bree. Bree was a bigger deal in the books, I think. The Coens watch the news at home. Um, about all the murders in Seattle and decide they have to go to Seattle. They basically lay out that someone's building an army of new vampires, which they call newborns, which is irritating to me. They wonder why the Volturi aren't stopping it already. And Edward says he read in Arrow's mind that he wants Edward and Alice to join the Volturi, but knows that they never will as long as the other Cullens are alive. So maybe they're just hoping that a bunch of the Cullens die in Yeah, and you know what? Attack. Maybe the attack wouldn't be as bad if they'd taken care of this problem when they first heard of it. How dare <laughs> you, Rose, second-guess the judgment of vampires who are so clearly thinking straight all the time. <laughs> Charlie's at home staring at a flyer for Riley Beers, head teen vampire slash missing former Forks resident, because that's how you solve cases. Bella can't believe his parents are still looking so hard after a year, and Charlie says he would never stop looking for Bella if it was her. And now Bella's like, oh, am I going to tell my family? I'm going to break their hearts and they'll never see me again. What do, what do I tell them about why I'm not at Christmases and things like that? And Edward's like, yeah, it is going to be terrible. Like, do you see how bad this is going to be? I don't want you to turn. Yeah. And then we have to rehash, like, she, she's like, why don't you want me to turn? There has to be more to it. And I'm like, more than, th than, more than he thinks you're going to lose your soul? Yeah. I don't think there does have to be more to it than no. that. And we rehash it and know that's all there is. So yeah. thank you. <laughs> because I really wanted to hear that conversation yet again. On a scenic walk with Jacob, Bella is told that Jacob's in love with her. I know. Jacob's like... I have to tell you something because I feel like you should know everything you before know you make truth. a decision. Yeah, you have to know the truth. And then he tells her, uh, I'm super in love with you. And I was like, was this supposed to be yeah. a revelation? <laughs> she already knew this. Didn't you say that you loved her in the last movie? Like, this is not new information. Yeah, and he wants her to choose him instead of Edward. His actual words. Yeah. He claims to know for sure that Bella loves him, too, although we've seen no evidence of that in the movies, and he does not offer any. Right, more than just we're friends. <laughs> yeah. He makes some good points that she wouldn't have to change for him or say goodbye to anyone, but then says Edward probably can't even kiss her, which is crazy because he watched them make out <laughs> earlier. Yeah. 
And then he forcibly kisses her and she pushes him off and punches him and hurts her hand because he's a werewolf. It's okay. Carlisle wraps her hand up at the house later. And Rosalie continues to be a wetter blanket than any remaining blankets on the Titanic. (laughs) She thinks Bella is choosing the wrong thing. And she's jealous that she gets a choice. Once again, we've already seen this conversation. Yeah. Twice before. But we didn't see Rosalie's backstory in a flashback. (laughs) Which I didn't care about. Mm, Don't lie. (laughs) You want to see more Rosalie all the time. Everyone does. So we hear her backstory. I feel like we heard a short version of her backstory already in a previous movie, but basically she was engaged and her fiance, she ran into her fiance and a bunch of his friends on the street one night when she was walking home and they were all drinking and attacked her and left her dying in the street. After Carlisle. Like, how were they engaged? That was weird. Um, it was very strange. Right. And then he's like, oh, it's fine. Let's all just like, let, let's me and my friends I'll attack my fiance because that will never come back to bite me. Yeah, because I think she was she was not a lowborn person. No, I, mean, I think she's a fancy lady. Like people are gonna notice that. Yeah, there's like a weird instinct to have. <laughs> I know. Well, you know how it is. Have one too many beers, kill your fiance. <laughs> it's so, a bonding experience for friends. Yeah, exactly. It's a typical bachelor party yeah. um, experience. So after Carlisle changed her, she killed them one by one, leaving her fiancé for last. Um, She hates that she is frozen and can never move forward, age, or have kids. Okay, so she can't physically (laughs) age, and she can't have kids, but Carlisle's shown that you can have a family, and no one has ever said that you can't continue to mature, even though we see it in all of Edward's actions. But theoretically, they can continue to mature as yeah. human beings. Yeah, you would think so. She's really stuck on the physical aging bit, which I'm like, you are going to live for eternity. You need to come to terms with this. Or just kill yourself. It's or not that. impossible. Yeah. Edward showed that. Mm-hmm. And Bella's like, yeah, I get that that's what you want, but there's nothing I am ever going to want more than Edward, which is the worst. I It just hurts. <laughs> To hear people, even in a fake movie, say things like that. That it's we're supposed so, to take seriously. It, well, and it's just all I so could think unhealthy. Is, yeah. And all I could, dependent much? And all I could think of is, you're 18. You don't know that. Yeah, a lot of people think that at 18. Well, yeah. And I'm like, you know, I want things now that I'm like, I will never want anything more than I want that. And in 20 years from now, that will, won't be true. Yeah. You're like, like yeah, it's not that. Right. That, that happens throughout your life. Yeah. That happens from 40 to 60. It happens at, you know. Yeah, I know. Back in Seattle, Riley is failing to control the teen vampires. Jane and the Volturi, well, Jane and her brother and two other people are there. Notably not R.O. Yes. None of the actual brothers. Right, because Aro's decisions are being watched by Alice. They're watching these vampires, and they decide to let them hang out and see see if they can kill the Collins, basically. Yeah. Once again, Jane, best <laughs> character in this whole franchise. Yeah, she's good. Although, here we come to the most believable scene in the whole movie, <laughs> which is Jessica giving her valedictorian speech. 
Which is just a giant, you shouldn't change, Bella speech. Yeah, exactly. She's like, you know, nothing's permanent. Now's the time to make mistakes and all this stuff. and So that we can learn who we are. Because we don't know what we want right now. Yeah. Yeah. And this, it was just a really believable valedictorian speech. It was, and... I was like, this is the universe telling you you shouldn't become a vampire. And Bella, it doesn't even give her a second thought. Like, no, I know. She's just like, okay, that was a nice speech. Okay, so now when I become a vampire. Yeah, she's like, listen to this idiot. Yeah. She just doesn't understand. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't understand our love. At the Cullen house party later, Jacob and friends show up just in time to hear Alice's vision that the vampire army will be in Forks in four days. The werewolves team up with the vampires to learn how to fight newborn vampires. Jasper has a lot of experience with this. Newborns are different. They're stronger because they still have human blood in them for a few months. So they're more dangerous. Never let them get their arms around you and never let never go for the obvious kill. Because I, I don't get that one because they'll be expecting it or something. They're newborn vampires. How could they be great at fighting already? Well, I think it's just the normal... I mean, like, you should never go for the obvious kill for anyone. Like, that's why it's the obvious kill, because anyone would be expecting it. Yeah. I think it's that they're they're not very experienced, so they'll only be expecting the obvious kill. Uh Uh-huh. But it was poorly phrased, because it made it seem like... They're geniuses. Right. Instead of they're idiots. So, like, if you do anything even slightly unexpected, it will throw them off balance. Yeah. Which is how we should have phrased it. Exactly. So then there's a training montage. Yeah. It was super boring. Everyone beats everyone else up, and the ladies do it too because they're vampire strong. Yay! Yep. And Alice is fast. Jasper says that the best thing Bella can do to help is just be present because her scent will really distract the newborn vampires who are also really dangerous because they don't have control over themselves at all. He explains he knows more about this because he was turned as a Confederate soldier by a vampire Maria who wanted to control a bunch of vampire territory. Yes. And this is when he magically gets a Texas accent. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, he didn't realize that his character was supposed to be from the South until this scene. Completely fair. This is basically the exact same thing that this lady Maria was doing. Just creating a bunch of newborn vampires and using them as an army that Jasper trained. And then she would make Jasper kill them after about a year. He says he thought he was in love, but realized that he was just a puppet. And when he found Alice, he realized that there was another way to live. So he says that he thought that what they had was love, but that she was just, he was just a puppet, right? Yeah. But he also says that because of his ability to control people's emotions, he could feel everything that the newborn's vampires were feeling when he killed them, (laughs) which means that he would have been able to feel Maria's love or lack of love for him. Oh, and he should have been able to make her love him. That too. That's crazy. I never thought about that. Wow, first plot hole. (laughs) Bella is super dumb, as are all the Collins, honestly. And Bella realizes in a dream that Victoria is behind the army and is letting someone else make the decisions so that she can hide from Alice. But how can that possibly work? She's still making some decisions. Yeah. She still set the whole thing in motion and is still in contact with Riley. So how... This is so dumb. Well, she had to make a decision to make Riley. Yeah, I know. And to tell Riley what the plan was. Yeah. 
all of a sudden we finally see what is so has been so obvious to everyone else from the very beginning. Edward doesn't want Bella at the fight. So they're going to use her scent to lure the vampires. But then in order for her to leave the site and not be followed, they need Jacob to carry her away because his werewolf spell will hide hers. As they test this theory, they really try to set it up like there's an actual love triangle here. They're acting like, oh, Bella does also love Jacob. But we haven't seen that at all. We saw her use Jacob when she was lonely during the last movie. And I get that she can love him as a friend, but this is really kind of an like out of nowhere no i think that like i totally buy that if edward wasn't in the picture she especially if she'd never met edward like she would be with jacob and if even if she'd met edward and like edward had stayed and stayed away like Mm -hmm. i also believe that she would have eventually wound up with jacob i believe that too but as long as edward's there and they're in this situation like it's unbelievable for them to try to do this as things currently are. Because the problem is, they've already shown that she has such an obsessive, crazy love for Edward that's based on nothing other than his presence. <laughs> that there's nothing Jacob can do that can compete with that. Like, she yeah. never had any sort of love for Jacob before Edward was in the picture. Like, at least in the Leah Clearwater thing. Yeah. He was already dating Leah. Right, exactly. But, like, she wasn't already dating Jacob. No. Bella asks Charlie about marriage later at the house and if he thinks that it has value as an institution. He says, yes, when you're a lot older. (laughs) And then they have a sex talk in which both of them are unnecessarily prudish. Also... Especially Bella. Like, I don't... I just don't get that. Yeah. Also, when Bella's asking him about whether marriage has value as an institution, (laughs) what is the point in having this conversation? Edward wants to get married. I know. You've already, whether you get married or not, you've already committed to in literal eternity with <laughs> Edward. I know. Which is nothing if not marriage. Why wouldn't you do but this just feels to make like an eternity? I know. I know, right? Why wouldn't you do this just to make Edward happy? Yeah, I don't know, especially because she's already proven that she doesn't care what her father thinks about almost anything. Right, and it wouldn't change the end result of them being together. Yeah. Literally, the only difference is that Edward would be made happy by the fact that they had gotten married. Yeah, I know. Just do it. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but we end with Bella's like, oh, don't worry. Stop talking about this. Don't worry, Dad. I'm a virgin. And then Charlie's like, ah, I don't want to hear that. And I'm like, no. that's the one thing you do want to hear. Does, he weirdo. does, like, after she leaves, he's like, oh, I like Edward a little bit more now. Yeah, exactly. Which is, that was nice. Yeah. He was probably worried about what she was going to say, so he was reacting before she said yeah, anything. I think so. Like, no, don't tell me, don't tell me anything. Yeah. So the rest of the Cullens are hunting to gear up for the big battle, and Bella and Edward are alone at the house, the Cullens' house. Yeah, so Bella's like, hey, let's do it. Yeah, because she hasn't, right, because she hasn't been pushing Edward hard enough on other things that he's clearly uncomfortable with. Yeah. Now she wants to push him on this issue, which he's already established he would like to wait until after they're married. Yeah, I know. So way to go, Bella. Way to be good at compromise in your relationship. And I'm sorry, but it's not different. Like, it's not different that you're pushing him because you're a girl and he's a boy. It's just as bad. Right, you're pressuring him the other way around. Yeah. And well, because she's like, I want to do it while I'm still human. Like, I want to know. Like, right now. Immediately, though. I know. But she's like, I want to know what it's like while I'm still human. And I'm like, do you really think it's going to be like that 
different? I mean, I can tell none you. of the vampires have said that, oh, well, it's really different when you're human than when you're a vampire. Yeah, I also would not want that um, with a super cold, dead, <laughs> dead being. I know. Like, Bella, what are you really like, can into? You take a hot, can you take a hot shower before we do this? Just yeah. Just for some residual heat? Yeah, seriously. We're going to have to do this in a sauna. <laughs> so he gives her a ring, finally, even though he proposed at the end of the last movie. And it's uh, the worst ring of all time. I hate it. It's very ugly. Yeah. And also... It was he, his mom's, like, this apparently. This mother's ring. And I was like, your mom was insanely rich. Yeah. I'm sorry. This was like 1910 or whatever. And it has a bunch of diamonds in it. They're very little diamonds. But it's just like a gross, hideous ring, and I hate it. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't think... It's, it's like, also, if somebody gave me that ring, and I was like, it's my mom's, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, cool, but do I, I have, have to wear, to wear this it? forever. <laughs> Can't just take the diamonds out and change the setting. Nope, gotta wear this. Great. But also, on this night, like, <laughs> Jacob's given her a charm bracelet with a wolf on it for graduation, oh, yeah. and so Edward gives her a charm for her, the bracelet, so she's like, he's like, that way I'm represented on it. And he does it before he puts the charm on, and he, like, pulls his hand away for a dramatic reveal, and I really thought it was gonna be a bat. That would be so <laughs> amazing. What was it? I it just was a heart. Oh, that's dumb. I know, lame. A bat would have been way better. Yeah. Because the other one was a wolf. Or like, I would love it if it was just like little fake vampire (laughs) Also would have been good. (laughs) But Edward has no sense of humor, so it wasn't that. Accurate. In Seattle, we see Victoria manipulating Riley. And this is really just, I guess, to prove how much she's manipulating him. And it's the exact same thing that Jasper was going through. Yeah. But once again, way better than any other scene in the movie. I know. <laughs> Just take all the main actors out of it. It's I know. pretty good. So before the big battle, Bella's marking trees with her blood. And Edward is surprised that Bella isn't wearing her ring, which is crazy because only five people are supposed to know about this. Six, also, I guess. it's a massive ring. Like, it's going to be inconvenient and uncomfortable until she's gotten used to wearing it. Yeah, and it's a secret engagement. Why yeah. would she ever wear it? But basically, he wants Jacob to know that they're engaged. So yeah. You've we, already won, buddy. I Leave know. it alone. Way to be super secure. So, the <laughs> she's like, well, I, I want him to have a, a clear head. I don't want to tell him, like, right before the fight. Which, which is, is an amazing reason. Edward should understand that. Yes. So the vampire army walks across the river. It was kind of cool, but I've I've seen zombies do it better. <laughs> um, Bella and Edward are camping in the tent. I wasn't super sure about why they were camping on a hilltop. I guess I so that nobody could find them? Yeah, I think it's supposed to be that they couldn't find them. It's really windy and cold, though. And... They did not bring a space heater. No, and Bella is really, really, really cold. And Jacob is there, too. And he comes into the tent because she's keeping him awake by chattering her teeth or something. It's definitely not just a huge excuse for Bella to have to cuddle with Jacob. Yeah, although to be fair, she is asleep through most of it. Yeah, I know. So, But she should be comparing and contrasting right now and seeing that cuddling with a werewolf is probably a lot better than cuddling with a vampire. No kidding. That's the real reason she has to be turned. It's just, <laughs> yeah. It just it doesn't work otherwise. Yeah. Edward is weirdly resistant to this happening, even though Jacob makes a good point. He's like, she might need her toes one day. <laughs> yeah. And, and Bella has already proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that she's crazy obsessed with Edward. Yeah, so. I know. Do you want more obsession? That's impossible. Once Bella is asleep, Jacob and Edward talk. Edward admits that he doesn't want Bella to turn, and he never wanted that. 
and that he thinks Jacob would be better for Bella than he would. Accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Anyone would have been better for Bella than him. Yeah, but he's like, well, I tried leaving before and it didn't work. And I'm not going to force her into anything again after last time. And it's like, dude, you did it wrong. You didn't do it right. Which is what Jake says. I know. He's like, you didn't stay away long enough, which is true. Yeah. Because then you decided you were going to kill yourself, which you should have done at the beginning. I'm just saying. I know. Yeah, exactly. If you wanted to follow through on this resolution. Seriously. Jacob's like, well, if you had been away for another six months we would have gotten together, which I think is true. Yeah. The next morning, Jacob overhears Edward and Bella talking about being engaged, and Bella accurately accuses Edward of having done it on purpose. Yeah. Which is so awful. I'm sorry, how old are you, Edward? (laughs) Yeah, definitely not 110. Yeah. Or whatever. Bella runs after Jacob, and he's like, well, why should I stay? It doesn't matter. And he's like, well, because she's like, because I care about you. Not good enough. Oh, you're really important to me. Still not good enough. Uh, kiss me. And so then they make out. Yeah. And it works <laughs> Just, like a charm. I know, but it's a huge about face for Bella, and it's insane. To the point that it almost seems like it was fake in order to get him to not be so upset. And I, it yeah. wasn't, but it almost seemed like that. I know, and I thought it was, and then she, like, goes back to Edward, and she's all, like, she's, she's like, like, I don't, I don't know. know. I did that. Yeah, you can play the audio. Of, I don't mm-hmm. know what happened. You love him, but I love you more. I know. Touching. And now it's a fight scene. Ugh. Just general fight scene. Thank goodness the werewolves are there or the fighting would be very boring, I think. Yeah. It was still pretty boring. (laughs) I mean, mostly because, I don't know, it's just, it wasn't that it was poorly directed. Like, he did a good job with it. I just didn't care about anything that was happening. And I already knew that the Collins weren't going to lose. Well, I know. And that's the thing. There's no suspense. And I didn't really think that anybody would die. And they didn't. Yeah. So there you go. The one wolf who I thought might die is they introduce a pack member who's, he's the youngest pack member. He's 15. And I was like, oh, well, if anyone dies, it's probably going to be him. But he didn't. That would be too sad. Yeah. Too sad for Twilight. (laughs) Victoria and Riley find Edward and Bella, though. Edward tries to tell Riley that he's being used. And he almost listens, but he doesn't in the end. It gives Seth enough time to get there, though. And he takes on Riley while Edward takes on Victoria. Bella pulls a third wife and cuts her arm to distract Riley and Victoria when they have Edward trapped. Yes, which wisely, she only does it in the arm. Also, now would be a good point to mention that before it was so cold that she couldn't fall asleep and was in danger of losing toes to frostbite under <laughs> under uh, uh, heavy blankets. And yet now she can walk around in jeans and a half sleeve flannel shirt that's unbuttoned and no she's jacket. fine. Yep, totally fine. That is a good point. (laughs) Seth kills Riley, and Edward takes Victoria's head off. Finally dead. Thank goodness. So after the battle, Alice has a vision that the Volturi are coming. Way to go, Alice. She gets this like 10 minutes before it happens. Leah goes after one more vampire that pops out, but Jacob has to rescue her. He gets the whole right side of his body crushed by this thing. Which... (laughs) Because the vampire got his arms around him, and they they were right. told, like, don't let the newborns get their arms around you, they'll crush you. Yeah. So he's, like, writhing in pain on the ground as the other werewolves finish him off. And Carlisle walks up and, like, touches his elbow, okay. and he's like, the bones on the right half of his body are shattered. I know. I've I can tell this. by touching his elbow. Yes, I'm also a veterinarian. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they evacuate Jacob pretty quickly. I'm impressed. But they have to get the wolves out of there because the vulturi might kill them. Yeah. 
Uh, and it's not like the Volturi will, you know, smear, smell werewolves all over the place, including werewolf blood, which would also be all over the place. Right? Come on, guys. So Jane says that they're impressed that no Collins died in the fight. They say they've never seen anybody fight off an attack of that size and not lose anyone in the fight. The Collins left Bree alive because she's a kid. And Jane questions her. With just some torture on the side, just because. Yeah, and they don't... Because Jane's a jerk. The other thing is, Jane already knows everything, so it's just for show that she's doing this Well, anyway. I mean, because the Collins are like, they'll tell, she'll tell you anything you need to know. Like, they don't... You don't she, have to torture her. Yeah, she's like, She's I like, know. yeah, it's fine. I know. I know. <laughs> it made me love Jane more. Yeah. <laughs> Jane refuses to leave Brie alive, even though the Collins are like, no, you should give her another chance. We'll take responsibility for her. And she says the Volturi don't give second chances, which is something that you should think about. Because Caius will be really interested to know that Bella's still a human. And there are no consequences for that. So, yep. there we go. Carlisle re-breaks and sets Jacob's bones back at the his house. Yeah, the res. And then Jacob afterwards... And everyone's cool with Carlisle now. They're all yeah. like, oh, thanks for showing up. Come back later with the morphine drip. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. Shakes his hands. I know. Even though, really, it's their fault that this happened at all. Yep. Bella goes in to talk to Jacob afterward. And, yeah. And Jacob's like... Or, and she sees Jacob in pain and stuff, and she's like, oh, maybe I should come back later. And he's like, I'd rather get all the re-breaking done at once. Burn! Nice. Also, first smart thing Jacob's ever done. I know. <laughs> he basically makes Bella say that she's still with Edward and is not going to get with Jacob, despite what happened. Yes. Uh, but now he feels like he did all he could to fight for her, and uh, he did make her admit that she also has feelings for him, and he says that he'll always be waiting for her. I really hope not. Like, get on with your life. I know, seriously. She's going to become a vampire. Yeah, because she's like, right, until my heart stops beating. And as she leaves, he's like, maybe, maybe even, even then. And I was like, oh, please don't do that. Please grow up enough to where you realize that's dumb and you should move on with your life. Agreed. But we're back in a field. Because that's where we have to have all of our conversations. Bella wants to be turned a month before her birthday so that she's not another year older than Edward, which is so funny because for somebody who's like, marriage is just a piece of paper, it's weird that she can't just be like, age is just a number. Yeah, especially since Edward is like 90 years older than her. Yeah, and especially since there's not a huge difference between 17 and 19, and also you might not want to look 17 forever. Like, wait until you're 21. That's a good, like, that's when people look the best. It's when they look more, most like adults, but they're still really young. She is going to let Alice plan the whole wedding. She's agreed to it. and Because why would she care? Edward's like, you're already giving away so much. Like, you shouldn't keep giving stuff away. And I'm like, she, why you would you her? ever think that she cared about planning a wedding? Yeah, she didn't even want to do this. She would get married in jeans and a flannel shirt if she could. <laughs> exactly. She says that this wasn't a choice between Edward and Jacob. It was a choice between who she should be and who she is. Oh, she gives a speech about being normal. Or yeah, about oh, being... it's the most teenage thing I've ever heard in my life. I've always felt out of step. Like, literally stumbling through my life. I've never felt normal. Because I'm not normal. I don't want to be. I've had to face death and loss, and pain in your world, but I've also never felt stronger, and, like more real, more myself, because it's my world too. It's where I belong. Way to make Bella self-actualized. Well, also this whole like, I'm not normal. 
I, I've never been normal because I only fit in in this place. I'm like, no, yes, you're super normal. You're so normal. You're boring. I know. You're so normal. That's like your one character trait that everyone knows you for. Is boring. Yeah. yeah. Done. And normal. Yeah. So stupid. Yeah. Uh, end of the end of the movie. There we go. So the one thing that we didn't mention in the outline is that Jacob could be the alpha werewolf if he wanted to be. Oh, yeah. He did say that. Yeah, he's like, oh, well, ever since I chose not to challenge Sam for Alpha, I guess I have to do what he says. And she's like, you could have been Alpha? And he's like, yeah, but I mean, like, I didn't want to be part of this pack anyway, so I definitely don't want to be Alpha. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Stephanie Myers. Let it alone. He doesn't have to be Alpha to be the best werewolf in the world. I know. And it's also, you know, it's backed up by nothing. So it just sounds like he's lying. <laughs> To sound cooler to Bella. Well, and he's not really that dominant of a personality. He's willing to lay over for anything Bella wants. Yeah, I know. I know. So it is a little bit weird. But it's just the thing of, like, everyone has to be the best, the most desirable, the thing everyone would want to be if they were in this situation. Like, yeah, you have to be with the best. The best. The werewolf prince. Right. (laughs) But at the same, yeah, the werewolf gang has to be in love with you. But at the same time, like, she clearly didn't want to give Jacob the responsibility of a wolf pack. Yeah. So he chose not to be because he, he, that's too much of a joiner for him. He doesn't want to do that. He's got to be able to be a little bit of a renegade. Yeah. So... This movie did insanely well, of course. Oh, I bet. It made over 10 times its budget back. So, wow. Yeah. So, it was made for $68 million because, once again, there's a lot of just like talking scenes. Yeah. Which really cuts down on the budget. That's true. And probably a lot of the rest of it was uh, the wolves. But the box office <laughs> was $698.5 million. I have to say, as terrible as the books and the movies were, they made a lot of people a lot of money. <laughs> they did, which is still surprising. But yeah. So next up, we're going to do In Time, which is a movie with Justin Timberlake. And Amanda Seyfried, right? And also Killian Murphy. Oh, yeah. It was shot by Roger Deakins. Who's that? He's like one of the best cinematographers in the business. <laughs> it did look very pretty. Yeah. I've never seen it. It was really, it was, so in a lot of ways, it's kind of like upside down because it was a really interesting idea, but mm-hmm. it just didn't really work. Although I think yeah. upside down was worse because upside down is worse than almost everything. So that's what's next on More is More. For more of our podcast, go to moreismorepodcast.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.